So, welcome, I'm back to help, help, that's a game of podcast, that's not the Talking Heads variety. I'm, I'm Kieran, and so, I'm Reese. And, well, while, how Jamie's, is quickly off doing something, we're, I can tune from where we left off. Last time we went with Jamie's suggestion of talking about rare, rare titles, and had a very interesting backstory, a revelation, but we will not dwell on that for Reese's sake. Thank but today, we're going I need to go off another one of my suggestions. Jack and Daxter. No. <laughs> but it does have something to do with the tension going on. Now, last time we covered Sonic, and what I would normally talk about, say, Mega Man X or Crash Bandicoot next, I thought that because of a certain mood I've been in lately, I'd go to our son beloved Insomniac franchise. For those of you who can recognize the background music, heck, yes indeed, we're talking about Ratchet Clank. But not just the entire series or the movie, we're going to be talking about the PlayStation 2 titles, which means we're covering Ratchet and Clank 1, Ratchet and Clank Going Commando, Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal, and Ratchet Deadlocked. I will not be talking about the PS2 ports of Size Matters and Secret Agent Clank because those were originally PSP titles. Reese, any history with the franchise? I have briefly played the PS2 version of Ratchet and Clank, and I have also briefly played the PS4 remake. So, you've literally just played the beginning and end of yes. the franchise. Well, speaking of which, we haven't gotten a new Ratchet game since the 2016 remake, and there's probably a reason for that. But as for me, it primarily started with watching the Super Game Bros play the original title, maybe seeing Hellfire Comms do up your arsenal, and redo the AE3 doing the reviews on the PS2 tiles. So I guess I should unquickly cover the developmental history. So after being done with Spyro the Dragon before we got to enter the Dragonfly, Insomniac wanted to create a new IP for the PlayStation 2. While one day, which ideas was called I-5, or Go with a Stick, ended up failing, they ended up going with the five franchises all the way around a weird elf cat thing and a backpack robot, the two of which are the Lombax Ratchet and, and the random robot Hot Clank. This duo has cemented themselves as one of the big head mascots of the PlayStation 2's platformer trinity alongside the already mentioned Jack and Dexter and Sly Cooper. So now I should probably I start with the first game. Hey, on a planet that's known, known as, let's see, Velden, and Ratchet's busy fixing up a ship, and while he has done a great job of up to that point, he is told that he needs a robotic condition system, and looks disappointingly, he doesn't, realizes he doesn't have that. At next, we see Clank being, being popped out of a conveyor belt in a factory, and seen an infobot with some particularly startling information. He then gets the hell out of there before he's killed and ends up crash landing on Velden after getting a cheap shot at forward Adam, with Ratchet at checking out the crash and bringing back Clank and perfectly intact. So once the so after the two manage to equate themselves, Clank shows as Ratchet the infobot. This gives us his information about the main villain whose title at the end of the game is Ultimate Supreme Executive Chairman Drek. Try saying that on a business card, it's impossible. Who primarily is out to, you know, get a new planet for his people as the blog's planet Orkson has been over-populated over, uh, and over-polluted to the point where 
living flesh and blood beings cannot even step into the atmosphere exposed unless they have something that can allow them to breathe safely. PS for protection, boys. Specifically the O2 mask. So yeah. And what and Drax's method of getting a new planet is as follows. Get bits of other planets to construct a new one. How he managed to get a core for the planet is beyond me, but he does state that, well, considering these planets are getting parts of them and taking off, that's why I'll control, go into the sun, blow up, and and after they finish the cut, he has this to say. And if you don't like it, you can take your Hawaii snot nosed populations, form a line behind me, and kiss my. We're still on? Well, turn it off, you idiot! So after revealing that he has the latest robotic ignition systems, Clank offers to take asks Ratchet to take him on this journey, and first they begin. And that's the setup for Ratchet and Clank. So it actually seems pretty simple, but that's the beauty of it. Unlike the remake, which barely gives any time to, you know, properly build up the characters and, you know, keep them silent until they're with each other. Huh, huh, the first game he manages to keep it concise, give Ratchet basic and yet had effective motivations for wanting to get off of Velden, and then and have Clank be what he needs. So as the game goes along, it becomes clear that Ratchet's chest taken along for the ride and is more or less repaying Clank for getting off of Velden and seeing what lies beyond it, and Clank wants to look for Captain Quark, a series mainstay and superhero celebrity. However, they quickly find out in plenty of areas as people are usually self-interested and are only looking out for themselves and usually charging them for stuff, including Quark's fitness trainer Helga, who despite Ratchet and Clank passing in her fitness course and would have gotten a swing shot for free as Quark had demanded, she instead charges them money because too bad, life's not fair. Uh, and that's also another thing I should bring up. The games typically tackle a theme of commercialism and to see how much much business and money can screw up society and their morals, and trust me, this comes to a head at the end of the game. Hey, the basics is you're a Lombax, the weird alien creature. You are to go around on planets, platforming, shooting with whatever, you know, bombs, flamethrowers, as futuristic sidearms, whatever. So, Reese, how does the setup sound to you? It's intriguing. Uh, again, I think I watched a couple of the opening cutscenes before playing through a little bit of it. And then just ultimately moving on to great games such as Shadow the Hedgehog. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, we're going to get to that in terms of comparisons later on. Sort of? Oh, yeah. Huh. Midway from the game, well, at least at the end of the first act of the game, they do find Quark, but in a shocking plot twist, he manages to uh, use Clank's naivety to uh, try and get the two of them killed as he reveals that he secretly hey Drex and spokesperson for his new planet and that he can't have these two getting in the way of his comeback. Spoilers for a game that is almost a, that is over a decade old. 2002 release to be specific. Spoilers nonetheless. Yeah, and this does has caused Ratchet to go down a darker path where he's absolutely obsessed with vengeance and it's perfectly fine with a random soul random um, army general who is who has been abandoned by his own army to die in, in war. And it's only because of the fact that Clank has has the robotic you know, I'm just gonna call it wrist for short. Alright. 
It's the, because of the fact that Clang is the risk, that's the, that's the only reason Hanrashi even bothers him. He becomes a snarky, hey, jackass. Though, when you take into account his retcon backstory in the later titles, I can sort of see where he was going, and to be fair, Clank did sort of only care about her trying to find Quark so he could stop Drek. So that's the basic gist. Yes. Yes. So, what kind of fiends is our boy Ratchet capable of? Well, well, he's got an Omni-Wrench 8000, which is his basic melee weapon, and can be used to fix things up and turn on bolts. But, in contrast to Clank, who's, you know, the smart one, a bit more, you know, reserved away from combat, Ratchet's sort of a tough guy who's savvy with weaponry, including the Bomb Glove, the first weapon in the game, the Thruster, the Blaster, the Suck Cannon, the Taunter, the Agents of Doom, Tesla Claw, and the Rhino, standing for Ripya, a new one, which is basically God's tier rocket launcher. And trust me, Hey, Ratchet will not hesitate to wipe out the opposition, but he also can't take much himself because in the first game, he has four hit points represented by nanotech, a small technology in the universe of the franchise where, you know, you can heal your wounds automatically if they're in your system. One after another, it's a deadly blow. You could even say that Ratchet's survivability relies upon nanomachines, son. Don't bring Metal Gear into this. If it's got now technology, I will bring Metal Gear into this. But I should quickly go over Clank. Hank, the only offensive options he has is the good old one to oh, punch and that's it. Though he can be a useful for Ratchet because as over the course of the game, Clank, Hank when equipped onto Ratchet's back, is the source of mobility upgrades. The first of all is the helipack that allows Ratchet to do a super crouch jump um, and a long jump and even a sort of glide with their speed being enhanced by had a jetpack, which in the first game also has a ground pound move, and finally the hydro pack, which basically allows for better swimming underwater. Alright, and trust me, it makes underwater sections so much, much more fun to traverse us through. However, Clank also can use gadgets for us to get through specific sections and solve puzzles, I guess? But, but yeah. So, Reese, judging from the idea of playing a platformer with a more combat-focused gameplay and the arcade of puzzle-solving, what would you say about what I've already discussed? Well, I played Jack and Daxter. The first game. Yep, the first one. The best one. And, I, again, I did play a bit of Ratchet and & Clank. And I would have played more. Trust me, hell, I'd have completed the damn game because of how much I loved it when I was playing it. However, my brothers and sisters don't like me enjoying good things, so... They broke the disc. Yep, they broke the disc, and because my PS2 was such a sensitive console that required my discs all to be in as pristine a condition as humanly possible, it failed to read further into the game... So I was stuck doing certain planets without the game destroying itself, essentially. And that basically meant he couldn't progress. That's true. This was a time before we had digital download where you could get the HD versions. And, uh, bottom line, the HD versions that you can find on the PS3 are probably not the best ones to go after. Like, they're still perfectly playable, but in comparison to what you could get, you know, widescreen 
any of whatnots on the PS3 versions, it's not worth it unless has you have literally no other option. Also, screen tearing and clipping issues. Hey. But I should also get into how the music of the franchise, composed by David Bergard or something? Bergard? Whatever. Beergard. Just call him Beergard. <laughs> David Beergard. Yeah, he's the one responsible for what uh, you're hearing from the likes of the iconic Metropolis to Black Water City to the thing that's currently playing, Ratchet on Orkson. And, uh, it's pretty horrifying. Like, it's got the friend. The soundtrack of the first game as a whole has a nice electronic beat, but it also makes some decently atmospheric tunes. But I should also get into more what makes the franchise unique. The first game also had specific hacking in gadgets in the form of the Trespasser, which would cause you to force you to solve light-based puzzles as in order to get through. This could be stuff that's mandatory for progression, or a bonus area with lots of bolts. If you're not uh, familiar with the series, they're basically your coins. Also, to correct these. to correct an early mistake of uh, Kieran, he had the box here and didn't read it earlier. Ratchet is a Lombax. I'm pretty sure I already said the Lombax. And no, you, you mistook the race. You didn't say Lombax. Uh, but we've corrected that mistake, so there uh, you go. Well, yeah. Ratchet Species is something that wasn't explicitly put out to the public until the future series, but again, we're not talking about those. So yeah, uh, puzzle-related gadgets have become a theme for the series is going forward. But I should also get into what makes Ratchet & Clank 1 a bit more... JANK. Because it's first game syndrome and heart damage as a show. You don't get strafing until you get the uh, jetpack, and even then, it's pretty f awkward. Pine it there right now. Ratchet can only get up to eight hit points, and that leads to another problem I'll get later. So, oh, you have to be extremely tactical with your weapons, though this does give them a bonus of the fact that, you know, you can put more strategy into them, allowing for a better combat. And that requires a bit more thinking and not just first shoot until Fiend dies. But, uh, yeah. And one last problem I should mention about Ratchet and Clank 1. And before I headed to full-on spoiler territory, which is skipped straight to going commando, is that bolts are not in the least prevalent, and there's a lot of paywalls, as I've just mentioned earlier. So uh, don't be surprised you can't afford a lot of weapons unless you deliberately wait until you get the Persuader, which is actually a fair while into the game, and you won't get an armor magnet that attracts bolts to you instead of you having to go up close to the puzzle just to get the bloody fiends. Bottom line is, well, yeah. It is kind of awkward. Also, it has grind whales, Sonic Adventure 2 reference, ha ha ha. But at the end of the day, could I still re recommend Ratchet Clank 1? Well, absolutely. While it's not as refined as the next games we're going to be talking about, it still has some charm. And because of its more strategic use of weaponry, it's actually got a bit of a unique charm to it that later games just simply don't have. If I were to recommend a version you would play, get PS2 version if you can, but if, if you have to, get a PS3 version. Don't get it on the Vita. But, yeah, I should move on and to the likes of Going Commando. Well, at least just a year after the first game, and, I was, and development actually began sometime around the first game's release, 
It basically just took what the first game had and made it, you know, good. Well, a lot, you know, it aged better. Also, in case you couldn't tell, most of this podcast so far has just been me talking with not much else. So, Reese, ever heard of Going Commando? Heard of it? Never had the opportunity to play it. Well, I should also say that it was referred to as Locked and Loaded in Europe, and... Okay, you know what? We'll just need to get this out of the way. The series starting from the second game had a real hard-on on for innuendos in its titles. Let's see. The second game was called Going Commando in America. Free was referred to as Up Your Arsenal, which is the best name ever, by the way. That's Deadlocked. The first PSP game was called Size Matters. As one of the future trilogy games was called Quest for Booty. There was Full Front of Assault. The final future game in the trilogy was a crack in time. One of its initial names was going to be Clock Blockers, and all for one had names like Foreplay and Bros Before Foes, before it got uh, changed to what you now know. Yeah. It's, uh... Spicy. Spicy. Yeah, I should also mention that, that the name going commander for the sequel is oddly... Like appropriate because the last skill point you can get in terms of story progression in the first game was going commando, you know, basically killing 10 air troopers as with just your wrench. And also, I should quickly mention that, that there is has an element from the Spiral series, but it's the Ratchet and Clank series, and that's the skill points that were introduced in Spiral 2, A Ripto's Rage, or Gateway to Glimmer if you live in, in the UK. Now, basically, hidden objectives that you can do for the sake of well, getting extra unlockables, they're basically achievements before we had achievement systems. So we wanted to go in Commando. At the beginning of the game, after defeating Trek, heck, who revealed that he actually just wanted to make the new plan and pollute it again and then do this process all over again for the sake of money, and Ratchet and Clank, and after all, how they've been through becoming best friends forever, Ratchet and Clank are being interviewed back on, on Felden, and Ratchet expresses disappointment because of the amount of downtime they've had and that they think nobody needs a hero. Enter Mr. Fizz Richard of Megacorp, of the main business that basically dominates the Bogon galaxy, and summons and stand to him so they can re- so Ratchet can retrieve an experimental pet. And, and that's basically how it begins. Also, the going commando title actually makes sense because Ratchet goes commando in the opening as that's what his job is. He's trained in many things. Martial arts, stealth, survival, ballroom dancing, origami. No, seriously, those last two are legitimately some of the things they go through. And to time to clank over, uh, Mr. Fizzwitcher even has sexy robot masseurs. As, as it were, so yeah. For kids. Actually, that's what I should also address. This main PS2 games were rated T for T in America when they first released, but in Europe, free plus. Yes, they censored the titles, else, but given what goes on in these games, I think, think the Peggy rating system was, you know, just wanting to get just down a, much just, just a little bit jank there, mate. Just a little bit jank. So yeah, Badger does finally eat pets, but the thief gets away and the chase ace begins. So yeah, should talk about that one thing. Ratchet doesn't start out with Clank immediately, though once you do get him back, you basically get off all of his mobility upgrades, barring the ground pound 
and move from the jetpack. And you can switch between the uh, helipack and and the jetpack on whenever you want. One, ma two major differences in gameplay hey, that vastly improved the original coming to the forefront. First of all, you have good strafing and your weapons have a level up mechanic. If you use a weapon like, say, the Lancer or the Gravity Bomb um, enough times as to kill enemies, they will level up into, say, the Heavy Lancer and the Mini Nuke, respectively. And Going Commando has one of the best weapon lineups I've ever seen in a Ratchet & Clank game. The Heavy Lancer is a decent and semi-automatic sidearm before it transfers to the Sonic Ratchet has to deal with two hands, though its power does pale a bit once you get to endgame. The Mini Nuke can have a great hate for taking care of tough enemies in one blast. The Lava Gun is a great crowd control tool before it evolves into the Meteor Gun, which is much shittier, as it's basically a slower rate, harder hitting, hitting heavy Lancer that loses what made it a good round to begin with. Effects is an up your arsenal. Oh, oh, let's see, there's also the Mini Turret Glove, which is excellent for arena battles. The Shield Charger, which once you get leveled up, is quite frankly the best defensive tool ever. Uh, and the Bouncer. It's a giant bomb that once it blows up, explodes into smaller balls that uh, explode all over the place and it becomes a much better crowd control tool than a lava gun because you have evolved into a meteor gun by the point. You could say that, that you've made your enemy's days go balls up. <laughs> yes, lame puns. Puns. And as for the puzzle solving elements this time, I'm Ratchet gets an electrolyzer which basically has to make get you to uh, line up specific notes correctly so that the electric falls in the circuitry they can and hit them just right and then and once all those notes are destroyed it's basically done also as a little bit of um, trivia meaningless as it is it turns out that Kieran ended up getting his copy of Ratchet and Clank 1 from Germany yes I actually went to Germany with just last Yes, yeah, and saw this in a GameStop, and I figured I'd pick it up. And yet, he has the European version Passed of Ratchet down. Clank 3. It was given to me by someone else in my native country. I also managed to get a copy of Ratchet Deadlock from Germany, but it didn't work. But, you know. It's okay, know. he has it downloaded on the PS3. Well, wait. The old reliable. So, yeah, and the other... A puzzle gadget is the infiltrator, where you have to try and 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 create an electronic line across a ball that goes back to the way you start, and it can actually be pretty haptic with the amount of time you have before it resets. You're not punished by losing a life like in some Mario games, so it's all all good. So why does so in terms of going commando's level design, it follows the general principle of the first game where you have multiple paths as and I haven't mentioned this before, they typically consist of a platforming half, a shooter half, and on occasion a path dedicated to puzzles. So in terms of the gadgets you wield, the swing shot, basically the grappling hook, and the grind boots from the first game return, but you also get the gravity boots, which unlike the magnet boots of the first game, allow you to move just fine and use your weapons while on surfaces you can and attach to, and the charge boots are basically your dash option. They are instrumental in making the open world areas a lot 
That's more bearable. So... Oh, yeah. Uh, going Commando uh, was basically praised for doing so much. Much better than... And the first game to the point where... If you were just a newcomer that picked up Going Commando, I would say this right now. In terms of how well it's aged, Going Commando is the better uh, game. I've yet to fully complete it, but I can tell you right now, it was definitely like, a fun game. It does have some difficulty spikes though, and those can uh, be chalked up to two things. One, the enemies beginning to become damage sponges, which is a sin they keep using. And, and the fact that you constantly have to level up your weapons and buy new armors. That's another thing I should mention. And the armors, this, you get new armors as you go along, which increase the amount of, of hits you can take from specific attacks. But, in addition to your her weapons being able to level up, you can also level up your nanotech like, as it goes on. So Nano machine, son. And who said we can't have Metal Gear references? Anyways, yes, we basically have RPG elements, which does serve to make the game I'm still on an excellent time. And the soundtrack, while it still keeps the electronic beats from the first game, it goes for more of an orchestrated feel this, this time, which I do appreciate. What are the cons of the game? Well, the glider is alright, but some of the extra stuff you have to get with it is mm, not really all that fun. And the hey, the final encounter against the boss of Fog Celeste on Planet Snivlek takes way too long. The only effective way to damage it is by finding turrets scattered all over the arena. And trust me, that one's a big pain in the ass. And I honestly can't think of much, much else. Now, Kieran, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be listeners here that um, have this question, but why exactly is this podcast episode only covering the PS2 era? Because if I tried to cover uh, what uh, else the series had going forward, uh, it would sort of become, um, um, well, barely understandable as... I have only played the PS2 games and that one mobile time with Internexus. I have not touched a single one of the PS3 games, games yet, and I've already seen some conflicting opinions. Now, one of our friends, Shona, was here. She wouldn't be able to give her uh, views on some of the future games she's played, but right now, I'm just sticking to what I know and what the franchise was based off of. So, yeah, I should also briefly bring up Going Commando's story. Oh, yeah. Hey, one of the main draws about it is that it's still got a satirical, all tongue-in-cheek humor, but it's also got a pretty good story in terms of the elements of the mystery behind it, as you're never completely sure about who's on what side until the absolute end. And the true main antagonist, who I'm not going to spoil, was actually fairly well done, and one of the best as depictions of the character we see in the franchise. He won't spoil the. You won't spoil anything about Going Commando, but he has outright spoiled the starter of this franchise. Here's the thing, though: as you've seen the movie, and well, I gotta address that. The Ratchet and Clank movie basically is a retelling of the first game's plot, and you've probably seen that Drek wanted to do some stuff, including you know making a plan for his people, but there have been some questionable plot changes. And I honestly think that while I have spoiled it 
how the first game's ending for you, it's just to provide context as for going Commando's beginning. There's a quick question about the Ratchet and Clank movie. Um, I have seen video game movies before that have been animated in the same style as the games. The Lego Batman 2 movie is what I'm going to bring up as an example. That had the cutscenes of the game combined with additional scenes that were just thrown together. Was this movie the same or was it original with the storytelling? Actually, the game was released before the movie, so it had a lot of the cutscenes from the movie, but disjointed. I'll save my full thoughts when I actually watch the movie and play the PS4 remake, but right now I'll just say this, from what it looks like, especially after seeing the gaming Brit's take on it, I'm not exactly looking forward to this depiction of the first game. So yeah, but going back to Yoni Commando, I did have to sort of go over this a bit quickly because it, I haven't spent as much time with it as, as the next one I'm going to cover, but bottom line is, it is one of the better uh, games on the series and it's still one of the better titles on the PlayStation 2. But now, we're moving on to the game with the best name in the series, Ratchet & Clank 3, Up Your Arsenal. It saddens me that we will never, ever get a title as good as that unless it's from a South Park game. Times were different back then. So after I go and command our supply had been resolved, Ratchet and Clank are just chilling in, in their apartment within Megalopolis is in the Bogon Galaxy and see an episode of Secret Agent Clank, where the reverse of what uh, the stories typically tell happens. Clank is the main character who does all, all the badass shit, and Ratchet's a bumly chauffeur that's kind of incompetent. Yes, there is a bit of a James Bond parody, and there's even some Bond one-liners. However, when Ratchet switches the channel, they find a news broadcast by Dollar Gratch, a recurring character in the original PS2 trilogy, that's a bunch of aliens known as the Tyranoids, led by high robot main antagonist Dr. Nefarious, you've probably heard of him, um, on an attack on, on Valden. So Ratchet naturally takes offense to this and decides to go back. But considering that at Valden's in the Solana Galaxy, Clank quickly realizes that Ratchet's gonna bust out the untested gravimetric warp drive. Thankfully it works, and and they managed to get to Valda just signed and meet up with the Galactic Rangers, who immediately think they're actually such hit their sergeant and pass off after the first two weapons of the game, the Shock Blaster and the Nitro Launcher, because they're a little cowards that had barely do anything useful on the plot. Sorry, I got a few things to say about it, but Ratchet gets roped up into the Galactic Rangers has plead to stop the Tyranoids and Nefarious, leading Ratchet at to Florana, where he meets up with the man who was supposed to have defeated Nefarious. And, uh, <laughs> guess what? It's Captain Quark! Should I spoil going Commando's ending? Actually, you know what? I it, doesn't, it doesn't have a movie tie-in, I don't think Actually, so. you know what? I won't even bother. Basically, what happened at the end of going Commando, because Quark does show up at some point, I won't tell you how, how it, how is the trauma of which was so much that he ended up game self amnesia and thinking he was a monkey, where he meets up with another character introduced in the game, Scrunch. Ratchet does bring him back to Starship Phoenix, compete on a, on a, a game show called Annihilation Nation, which is a great name, by the Speaking way. Speaking of Starship Phoenix... That's the thing that's currently playing, and it's basically your hub. But, so you're getting back to it. 
hit. Actually, no, the Annihilation Nation Phoenix is after Hyde Court gets his memory back because Russia actually goes down to another planet to save the president, who is actually the father of the captain of the Starship Phoenix, Sasha. And they managed to find a Quark Vid comic in the possession of Big Al, the main mechanic of the series. Anyways, you know, he's basically the robot guy. Actually, no. To quote the man himself, I build robots. I, myself, am not a robot guy per se. <laughs> and by playing through the Vid comic, Quark immediately remembers exactly who he is. Except, well... Right, going to the back of uh, the Ratchet and Clank 3 Up Your Arsenal PS2 uh, booklet, you'll find something that I I know it probably didn't, but I'm going to say it did. Inspiring Infinity Wars end credit, it says here, Ratchet will return. Oh, okay. Shades of Thanos. Yeah, I sh So yeah, the basic plot once Quark becomes in charge of the plot is to stop Nefarious and the Tyranoids. It's basically Ratchet gets sent to do all the work like, and and stop the Tyranoids. Even going onto their home planet, its main theme in playing in the background. And while Quark takes all the credit. And it starts to lose any general seriousness of the general of plot with even racial undertones because of Nefarious having a real hate boner for the dreaded Squishies. Basically. And Jamie, Jamie is back. Hello boys, how are we doing? We're doing absolutely fine. Well, I'm right. actually clank for you up to your arsenal. Actually, you know what? We'll take a quick break and ask Ask our boy Jamie what's his experience of the Ratchet and Clank franchise. Oh boy, he's older so, than us. So I know, I, <laughs> yeah. So my experience of Ratchet and Clank so far is really pretty limited. I think I I didn't play it on PS2. I didn't play it on uh, PS3. There was a Ratchet and Clank came out for PS4. That's what's the that one? That's the remake of the original. Oh, okay, and it was pretty nice. It was pretty cool. And uh, well, for someone nice. who hasn't gotten into the franchise before, maybe. So, um, so we're tell me strictly let's... talking about the PS2 games here. So okay. we're not covering the remake right now. So Ratchet and Clank, am I right in thinking they were kind of like supposed to be a P PlayStation mascot kind of thing? They've remained an exclusive to the PlayStation brand ever since their inception. Which makes me sad because I'm an Xbox boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have good platformers. Yep. Yeah. Dude, right. the Rhino and its various successes were too much for the Xbox to handle. <laughs> so, Ratchet and Clank, what, Keenan, is that one of your favorites then? Definitely one of my favorites when it comes to the Sony IPs, most definitely. But we have talk, been talking about the third game, of which I should probably just cut quickly into the gameplay right now. It's basically the same as the previous two games, even adding extra levels to. The weapon leveling up system, which gets you the mods you could had get with the her main collectibles of Ratchet and Clank 2, or the platinum bolts, such as a lock on that displays the enemy's health, which is useless against bosses but decent against as mooks, a shock mod, acid mod, hard, you name it. Weapons we got include the shock blaster, which is basically the shotgun, natural launcher, the bomb, the N60 storm, which I like to nickname as all reliable. Well, as it's basically your standard handgun, and the flux rifle, which is basically your sniper rifle, and we even get weapons from um, Going Commando. In fact, that's something I should have addressed. Going Commando had an old save bonus where 
If you purchase five specific weapons from Ratchet Clank 1, you can get them for free in that game. And the same applies to free where you can get the following weapons for free if you have the appropriate save for going commando if you bought them. The mini turret gun, and the lava gun, the bouncer, the plasma coil, and the shield charger, which, unlike the Ratchet Clank 1 weapons and going commando, are actually some of the best in the game they reappear in. And speaking of Ratchet and Clank 1, a certain event will allow you uh, to get a discount on all Gachatron weapons in the third game. Armors are still uh, prevalent, but you can only buy them in one specific area, that being the Starship Phoenix this time. And that's just about it for the new gameplay editions of an end of War Zones, which are basically the single player higher versions of the multiplayer maps. Now tell us, Kieran, um, uh, who makes Ratchet and Clank? Insomniac. Uh, Insomniac. The same people behind Spyro. So, oh, that's right, okay. I mean, they and... even bring in the skill points in Spyro 2 and 3. Ah, uh, okay, and they're doing a remake of Spyro, or has that come out already? That's done. That's and done. it was done by Toy Bob. Ah, so not the same, not some. No, if the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy was anything to go by, it, it is about as good as the original. And it's even, it's even update for quality of life changes. One of my favourite games at the moment on the PS4, my go-to game, so, so when I get the chance, I have two go-to games. One is Pez. 2019 football game and the other one is Spider-Man. Spider-Man was made by Insomniac. Mm -hmm. Actually, speaking of which, there was a Spider-Bot uh, drone glove feeding going commando. That's one of the best stealth weapons in the franchise. Okay. Reese, Ratchet and Clank. Now, have you always been an Xbox boy? Um, well, considering the first game I ever touched at the age of three was GTA 3. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> she was. Yeah. It's quite um, an adult game to be playing when you're three. Exactly. Uh, a lot of kids play Call of Duty and and say they fucked your mom and <gasps> call everyone gay. Mm -hmm. I apologize for the foul language, but that's basically a lot about half of the COD fan base online. Mm. Can I ask you a question? And um, sorry, please finish your answer. Um, again, was GTA Three? I think my tenth birthday, I was given a PS Two because I prefer staying in last gen and current gen for whatever reason. I'm and actually sort of the same idea, unless it's Nintendo. Outside of having um, Shadow the Hedgehog and Final Fantasy X, I did briefly own Ratchet & Clank 1, mm -hmm. which I played the opening segment before, as I've said earlier on the podcast, my... The siblings destroyed, destroyed it. <gasps> okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was left with the awesome games that are Final Fantasy X and Shadow the Hedgehog. And Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy? Uh, that was also destroyed around the same time as Ratchet God damn it. But mm -hmm. I had that, I'd had that game a couple weeks before I had the PS2. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, so, uh, sorry, Reese, I'm, I'm struggling to think clearly because I'm still thinking about last week's podcast when you told us about um, why... We, we said we wouldn't bring up again oh, okay, for okay. his sake. Okay, I get you. Okay, <laughs> um, We're just going to bring up, if you haven't listened to it already, listen to the previous podcast, and Reese actually kind of um, uh, told us his first experience of video games. Uh, or, sorry, it was his experience of Goldeneye. It wasn't actually your experience. Deep, it a, interesting lore. Uh, it was a good, let's just it was go a good back experience your, for his mum and dad. I must Tracy. interrupt you for good reason, because we're going to go back to up your arsenal. So after skimming <laughs> over it, I should go back to a few things. One, soundtrack is actually still pretty good with some um, decent things like the Lendy Cypher for Tyrannos, Obani Draco, and, and the likes of the hey, Courtney Gears song, Death Descriptions. Okay, you know what? We should cover that right now. There is a Britney Spears parody character by the name of Courtney Gears. One of the faces of her boss is, oops, I did it again. And the opening line 
fighting force after Squishies is, aside from um, introducing yourself as Courtney Gears, is, are you feeling me, robots? I'm feeling you while doing seductive have movements. I think they sort of knew what they were doing with the characters. Free plus T for Teen in America. Uh. But yes, yes, that's it. And Nefarious, while it does contrast to the games of all writing, is still one of the most hilarious villains. And it's so popular he came back for a crack in time, funding a lot of the third game in and the future trilogy, and he debuted in the third game of the PS2 lineup, and he's become a mainstay, even being retconned and into how the movie and as a filthy squishy. Though this is entirely possible because the fifth comics did show that he was a squishy and was bullied by Quark in ninth grade biology class, and Quark was 26 back then. I don't even... The series, man. And Quark was also partially responsible for Nefarious' transformation into a robot who, if he gets too worked up, plays a... a, a typical soap opera that's over... Hardly romanticized the dramatic and all that shit, and it's basically has subtext of brother sister incest. Okay. Okay. Well, again, yeah. for kids. Okay, you know what? Insomniac has said that the series is primarily aimed at late teenagers and young adults, and honestly, that is one of the bigger uh, draws. Though the gaming board did play these games as a kid, as Europe thought they were age appropriate, and still got a lot out of them regardless. But yes, it's what I. I should also cover the main new thing of free, the online multiplayer, of which the PS2 servers have been shut down and, as I can attest, it's not being played on for the PS3 version, which is basically basic stuff like capturing and bases as a flag, you know, relatively normal stuff, but as a whole, free does feel a bit disjointed from, you know, typical platforming adventure fare and these combat zones. But it's still a decent title, and was once the most critically acclaimed game by pretty much everyone when it came to the Ratchet and Clank series. And also, Courtney Gears' boss theme, which is one of the best in the franchise, is playing in the background. But, despite this game close to 45 minutes, it's not over yet! For we now have the fourth and final PS2 game, Ratchet Deadlocked. And yes, Clank's name is not in the title for a good reason. So going off the, the end of... Uh, free, which we decided not to spoil, but we're probably gonna have to because. So yeah, going off the end of free, Ratchet's now a captain of the starship. Phoenix is has only got Al and and Clank with him, and it's won by Sasha that a bunch of heroes have been captured by Gleeman Vox, the head of Vox Industries, who, by the way, is a shark. One could say a business shark, and being forced <laughs> to fight and kill each other in a, a game. Him show called Dread Zone. but essentially a much, much more unethical version of the Megacorp games in 2 and Annihilation Nation in 3. And unfortunately for Ratchet, because this show involves heroes, I was fighting each other, he's a blip on their radar, and is captured, forced into an armor where he can barely breathe, and is, he says his tail feels like it's shoved right up his ass before the ass part is cut off. And is forced to compete because he, Clank, and Al all have, have dread zone calls around them, which if they go out of bounds, they electrocute them. And if they become uncooperative or worse, boring, they just straight up explode. Um Damn. Um, and so that's the basic gist. Clank is mission control this time, 
and, and helping Ratchet out in combat are two combat bots, Merc and Green. Merc, who just lost combat, and Green, who uh, is a bit timid and had nightmares about the death of their last, last boss. Us, yes, they were essentially uh, hand-me-downs. And Ratchet only gets adds a grand total of 10 weapons this time, including highlights like the Dual Vipers, the Magma Cannon, the Hunter Mine Launcher, the Military Cannon, which is basically, I would say it to be plagiarized on the Megacorp technology, which, uh, Vox sell that by making those that protested this into contestants, and they promptly died. And also, there's a weapon that's basically an improved version of an existing weapon in free, Hey, blah, blah, blah. Now, because you're in a gladiator style game show, platforming is bare bones and there's no alternate paths. That's understand your force could be in challenges. But because Deadlock focuses on that and that alone, I think it is actually better off in terms of, of consistency. But, unlike the first few games, which are a bit more lighthearted despite some of the darker moments, game is darker and edgier in terms of the general plot, though it still has its funny moments, and, and isn't entirely dark, and, and has a much darker aesthetic. Ra Ratchet basically has Raiden tier nail claws, and the, the music sounds a lot more hardcore. In particular, stuff like what you're listening to right now, Dread Challenge Grist of the Mill. That, by the way, it's still David Bagood. David Bagood. David Beergod. Just call him Beergod. Beergod. Make it easy. David, okay. Coolest so Beergod still contributed to this work, and honestly, in terms of the PS2 soundtracks, they're all great or matter. I'm trying to think about what my favorite is, but yeah. Now, I should mention one of the biggest differences you'll see in Deadlocked, other than the fact that, you know, Darker and Edgier, strictly the game show stuff, which is actually still pretty fun in its own right, is that you're given the lock strafe setup where you move around with the left stick as normal, but aim with the right stick, use R1 to fire, or whatever some water. It's basically maybe maybe sort of Halo-ish, but you can't go back to the regular control scheme that was used in the first two games and a default option in free. Yes, so keep so keep in so PS. keep that in mind. Also there is a first person mode. Note. And as for the weapons, while you don't want to get and a lot of them, they make up for it because of how much they can do. Leveling up gets them alpha mods like impact, speed, and extra ammo. Omega mods essentially serve some of the mod purposes and even replicate weapon effects from, from the previous games. And they can go up to level 10 on an initial playthrough, whereas even a Ratchet 3 on a New Game Plus, weapons could only go up to version 8. And on New Game Plus and Deadlocked, those weapons can go up to level 99. Yeah. Yeah, but there are also some of the um, more consistently good weapons in, in the franchise. Nice. But I should quickly bring this up. So uh, we've already brought up how the PS3 versions, especially digitally of the PS2 games, are not the best ways to experience these titles. And while you can get the HD trilogy physically, Deadlocked was digital only and can only be found on the PS3, probably for the better. And while it does carry a lot of the same problems that had the first three games had when it came to their ports on the PS3, blame the novice developers that were behind those ports to that one, but it also includes such things as 
has stuff like glasses showing the environment behind him instead of the eyes on the character model, sorry in cutscenes, and as Jamie will experience nightmarish clipping. Ugh, what is that? Basically, hey, hey, when he latches on his first major arena challenge in the game, Hamidi says we'll see after being told by one of the hey, new supporters that he won't last long, and it clips with his head and uh, has a nice little uh, nightmarish face that I cannot even describe because I'm actually at a loss for words. Bottom line here, while I've gone to PS3 versions only because I can actually still put up with someone because it's still a solid game at the end of the day, if you want the absolute best quality for the game possible, just get the PS2 version. And and I should also mention something. I mean, Ratchet has had collaborations with other Sony franchises in the PS2 era. For example, Up Your Arsenal, or the PS2 version at least, had a demo of Sly 2 Band of Thieves, which I have experienced, and it does give you the cheat code for a double lightsaber skin off your wrench. And there's a noble crossover with Jack and Daxter. Yes, we're bringing this up, Reese, because not only is Ratchet an unlockable character in, in Jack X Combat Racing if you're a deadlocked save file or a save of the movie game if you're playing on the PS4, but in two-player co-op mode, mode in Deadlocked, the second player can have a skin of Jack and Daxter 1 Jack instead of Jack 2 or Jack 3 where, you know, he has that lust for guns and can talk. So, yeah. Uh, that's generally the major uh, gist of it. This won't be the last time Ratchet would have involvements with Sly and Hyans Jack as we can and all, all attest to. But, but yeah, and as to Green and Mercury, this is the last gameplay editions I'll mention. They, they can do so much. They can provide cover fire, can launch EMP bombs to disable turrets, can turn and cranks things for you and even shield the other once you get the appropriate upgrade. And, and never did it feel like they were nothing I'm more than added NPCs. Thanks. But that's the last of the major gameplay additions I'll mention because I don't really think there's an explicit armor upgrade system. And as for the story, I won't say anything major about it other than, other than the basic setup, but it is still pretty damn um, enjoyable and still keeps a somewhat light-hearted tone. Hell, the opening where have Vox advertises Dreadzone Oh, at one point, even outright shouting, IT'S TIME TO BLOW SHIT UP! The shit being censored. And that, that's the kind of humor that you can get at some points. Like, despite the overall darker tone, which is more or less for extra comedic sake. And it goes back to the satire of the first two games, which I really like. It is something you should just experience for yourselves. And the soundtrack, as usual, is up to snuff. And despite the darker aesthetic, I do like... And a general look of the game as it being the last original title of the Ratchet series for PS2 before the ports of Size Matters and Secret Agent Clank. And we're actually hey, pretty much done. So, before I give my opinion on the series, Jamie! Yes. Yes. Sorry, Kieran, you spoke for so long there. Um... Yeah, this is pretty much something that only I have experienced uh, yep. a lot of compared to Sonic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, uh, what, what were you going to ask me? Opinions on the franchise and what you've heard from me, given how you've joined in late. Okay, I have to say, played it as a demo, didn't didn't float my boat too much, so never really experienced it. What well, is a platformer with a huge emphasis on combat that involves rage and weaponry, but I still think it is 
it's a good experience. You should at least try some of the older PS2 games and if you need to, get the physical version of the HD trilogy to start out with. So um, I can probably get get a Ratchet and Clank game via PlayStation Now. Would you recommend that? Well, if it's the HD trilogy, I might say yes, yeah, but maybe. I'm not sure. I haven't played the future trilogy, okay. so I can't see anything about that. Yeah. Reesey boy? Um, as I've said, I've played it before, so judging off experience, if I had the money to, I'd probably buy another one. Oh, okay. You like it that much. So, uh, you would actually want to play uh, but hang on. games. If you had the money, and you had to choose between Red Dead Redemption 2 and Ratchet and Clank... That's just cruel. We will not accept cruelty here, even though I totally go for Ratchet and Clank any day of the week. Would you? Well, I've never really been that into Rockstar Games' as, as, you know, various Ooh, endeavors. Oh, you don't, you haven't? I was going to say that would be quite a good podcast just to look at Rockstar. We'll save that for after the next podcast where Reese again will make a choice as to why he's picking. Ooh. But before that, we will just end up with my thoughts. So after the, <laughs> after the PS2 Ratchet and Clank games, while the first may have not aged well, these are all excellent and platformers with unique and interesting weaponry, decent stories, and because of the new game plus nature of it, one of them will keep you coming back like for more. I really don't think I can put it into words. It is actually a pretty good lineup of four uh, games that you should play if you have a PlayStation 2 or PS3. Not so sure about the availability on PS4. The soundtracks are great. Ratchet and Clank as characters are, are pretty damn and well developed, especially with how Ratchet goes from a jackass in the first game to oh, uh, not a normal hero with a bit more of an edge to him. Him at the end, end of, of the, the first game and beginning of going in Commando. Oh, I honestly can't really say much else about it. I just don't think I can put it into words. Just go out and play these games if you haven't already. You're missing out. But now... Kieran, question for you. If in a, you could, you had to choose, right, a world where there had only ever existed Sonic games or a world where there only existed Ratchet and Clank games, you had to live in one of those worlds, which one would you choose? Yes, a distant bastard I'd pick Sonic. Sonic, Even, definitely. But, you know... If I could, that I could also... you're living in a world with Sonic Forces, Sonic Dream World, Sonic 06, Shadow the Hedgehog, Sonic 3D Blast... Sonic Adventure mm -hmm. 1 and 2, Sonic Heroes, Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles, etc. But I would also try to see if I could get games from other franchises because I also love Crash Bandicoot, which can technically still fit because the original game's prototype name was Sonic's ass game, but we'll you're just stop there. Reese, if Reese. you had to choose between a, pl a planet that only had Ratchet and Clank games to play... Or uh, pizza. You had to make a choice that uh, you you Ratchet either you either get rid of Ratchet and Clank or you get rid of pizza altogether. I'd get rid of pizza. All oh, right. Did I take you, you don't like pizza very much? I, I like I like pizza, but I would much rather have something that's a little longer lasting. Pizza goes down my gullet instantly. <laughs> so after those little quizzes, I think we should. Okay, Reese. In terms of your topic for the next podcast, Ooh, which Reese, will it be? Reese, Street Fighter or Metal Gear? Ooh. Oh, I can talk about Metal Gear. I can talk about Metal Gear 5. You know what? That's a good idea. Next or Street Metal Fighter Gear. would be good because I've got very happy memories of Street Fighter. And I'm a total noob at the franchise, but that can help. You know what? How about we go with Street Fighter? 
Street Fair. It's, got it's something history. that a lot more people are going to be familiar with and a bit more accessible than your yeah. average Metal yeah, Gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, be next idea. time on Talking Heads, we will be hey, throwing Hadoukens and Shoryukens, Tatsumaki Temple Kyakus, and other bit crunched, crunched move phrases as we enter the world of Street Fighter. Hopefully with less time than this one. <laughs> and with extra demons of the raging variety. So, Can't don't wait. die 1,000 deaths just yet. <laughs>